Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats Podcast. We're come rain, shine, or anything in between. We're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside Connor Baltazor. And today, welcome to the weekly recap where we cover all non-ref sports and have a grand time doing it. So on today's agenda is soccer, volleyball, and then a collection of miscellaneous sports ranging from golf to cross country. And then, of course, everyone's favorite, the wacky segment of the week. But let's dive straight into the soccer news for this week. There are a grand total of two game or matches to cover. The first one didn't end the way we wanted. Neither did the second one. But, you know, that's more of a lateral move than anything else. But that'll get its own time. Let's start off with the first game that we haven't covered yet, which is the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. This was a matchup between the K-State Wildcats, who entered the match 4-3-1, and one, and the South Dakota State Jackrabbits in South Dakota at South Dakota State. They entered this matchup 6, I mean 5-0 oh, and 3. This was unfortunately a nil to two loss in favor of the San Dakota. Not San Diego. Goodness gracious. South Dakota State. I made that mistake like three times, didn't I? I do that every single time I see SDSU for South Dakota State. I always start saying San Diego State. And that's no disrespect at all to South Dakota State. Like, got a lot of respect for you, but you should really choose a different abbreviation. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, K-State lost to South Dakota State. And it was... Wasn't was never ideal (laughs) we'll say yeah um i do suppose we could preface it with south dakota state is a pretty good team um they beaten some uh sides that we would probably struggle with uh and they've drawn with uh some good sides as well they're unbeaten on the year as well uh they're six oh and three as of right now so good side but still this is a game you'd like to be a bit more competitive in uh, South Dakota State doubles up K-State in shots in this one. Uh, they more than double up in shots on goal. 16-8 on shots and 7-3 with shots on goal. Uh, then corner kicks, they obliterated us 14-1 to for K-State. Uh, so K-State really struggled to have consistent possession in the offensive third, uh, which has been fairly consistent, honestly. That's really nothing new, if we're yeah. being honest, but... I think K-State fouled a lot in this game, which K-State does foul a lot anyways, but it is a sign of frustration. And there were a few yellow cards issued in this game, but, I mean, it it hardly mattered. Um, South Dakota State, they scored in the 50th minute and the 65th minute. Um, But not a a whole lot else to say here other than it seems like with how the shot chart plays out and how the corner kicks uh, are listed here. I mean, of course, having not watched this particular match on the prestigious Jackrabbits All Access Network <laughs> um, doesn't really seem like we were really in that one for very long. Devil's Advocate, South Dakota State does seem like a pretty surprisingly good team. Uh, but yeah, a, another disappointing result uh, in a season filled with disappointing results for K State soccer. Yeah, in that counter argument, I know they might be a good team, but they're home field is also the fishback soccer park the fishback mm-hmm. interesting we have lost at the fishback 
we really should probably just shutter the program <laughs> after this. Be like I, I, the, the I, I rescind the my Brazil. defenses of the soccer team. We 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 got to get them out of here now. If you lose <laughs> at the Fishback Park, like that's grounds for like demolition of the of Booser Family Park. <laughs> video board and all. Yeah, got to get rid of everything. <laughs> Just give the video board a baseball. Just let them have two video boards, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you just have to look over like the fence to see the other <laughs> video board. Just a vacant lot with everything except the video. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. It's another, it's another disappointing result. And honestly, you and I had very low expectations for this team going into the season. So it's disappointing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's entirely surprising it's definitely not surprising there were a few times this season where they kind of showed life it felt like uh, like the northwestern game being up one nil happened you know you blow that one late uh purdue um uh lose that one by one but again that's one that you hope you get uh blowing out colorado state with three goals in like three minutes or whatever it was um but yeah, another frustrating result. A lot of frustrating results this season, really. Uh, just going up and down the list, like the UTSA loss, uh, the draw, Northern Colorado. Uh, yeah, like, like you said, expectations have been low, but I, I so I guess this probably meets the expectations thus far, but I was really hoping to be surprised. Yeah. Then the next game, which was the most neutral reaction that you could have, because it was a tie. It was up. It was the opener in conference play up against Iowa State in Ames at the Cyclone Sports Complex. K-State entered this one 4-4 and 1. Iowa State entered 3-3 and 2. So now Iowa State gets perfect trips, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Um yeah, this one ends up in a nil-nil tie. Um riveting. I'm not yeah, I know. I watched about the last 10 minutes of this. Um, and Casey had a few opportunities, honestly. Uh, I would say that this was a roughly even match. I would honestly give the advantage to K State. Uh, if forced, uh, the stat sheet shows that as well. K State did outshoot Iowa State. They dominated the second half in that regard. Uh, 15 and nine overall. Uh, for shots, uh, K-State leading the way there. K-State, 10 of their 15 shots were on target, so they were making the goalkeeper work. So 10 saves tonight for the Iowa State goalkeeper. That's just an objectively great performance. Yeah. Uh, so this is a game that you could maybe argue based on the amount of opportunities K-State should have won. Probably let this one slip through their fingers, honestly. But I would say getting points on the road in the Big 12 you can never be too upset with that, I'd say, especially for a program like K-State uh, where you're struggling to get points as it is. Uh, getting one on the road is nice. Uh, but then again, you know, Iowa State is probably going to be battling with K-State for last in the conference. So this is this is one that you really wish you get the points there because uh, that this is one that could bite you uh, down the stretch. Uh, but K-State... Um, double up Iowa State on corners. Second half, they outshot Iowa State seven to one. Uh, a couple of yellow cards in play here. One for Iowa State, one for K State. Um, but nothing incredible to write home about this. Go figure with a zero zero draw. But 
nice that uh, K-State was able to hold off. Uh, it seems like a lot of times K-State's giving up uh, late goals to lose, which should have been a draw or draw and what should have been a win. So nice that they're at least able to hold on to the results as it is. But you really need one to find the back of the net here if you're K-State soccer. Uh, so disappointing result uh, to a certain degree. But again, going on the road and getting points in the Big 12, that's no easy feat. Um, especially for a program that's still in the development stage, like K State. Uh, so very, very much in its infancy. Yeah, still, yeah, still really young. Uh, I have very mixed feelings on the, uh, um, you know, how long it takes to build up a soccer program argument because I, I do believe it, but it feels like we've been hearing that over and over again for quite some time, and we're now in like year seven ish of the program and it's it's really at the point where we should be seeing results so and not even necessarily results but progress like tangible progress that is true and we've really not seen progress which i mean honestly progress for k-state at this point is not even finishing mid-table for the conference it's making the postseason conference tournament and that's not finishing last that's not yeah that's which is such a low bar yeah you have to go from ninth to eighth and granted last year they were very very close to doing that but close is not going to be enough in the long term and they really do need they they need to show signs of life i guess is uh what i think we're looking for and at times they do they show flashes other times they look completely flat but we're going to figure out a lot about this team, I feel like, in the next uh, few weeks and how uh, they defend home because they get two home fixtures in a row against Oklahoma State and TCU. Uh, TCU is allegedly really good. But and that game is Soctoberfest, isn't it? It is. It is. That sounds like a a fun outing. Uh, comes with like a, a Pilsner glass and... Uh, uh, various other knickknacks, I guess. I don't know. I think Scott said he was thinking about going to that game. I think he did. Um, and yeah, this TCU team is definitely pretty legit. Uh, they're 5-2-3. and three. They've played a very tough schedule. Um, they just drew with Texas, who's always a really good side. They drew with Harvard, who's 16th ranked. They beat Texas a who was 21st ranked. They did lose 1-3 to, to Duke. Uh, but Duke is number two in the country, at least at the time of that game being played. Uh, so, I don't know. Tough to say. Um, they don't list TCU's rank on here. I wish that they would. That'd be um, nice, I'd imagine. I would imagine, based on their record and their competition, that they are a top twenty-five team. But that's a guess. Yep. So we mentioned it. The they play Oklahoma State at home this Sunday at one p.m. And the Chiefs aren't playing, so you don't have an excuse. So, <laughs> But moving into volleyball, we mentioned that this was going to be a very, very telling two matches for the K-State volleyball squad that was going up in against Rice and against Crichton. The first match against Rice didn't go how we wanted it to go. It was a 2-3 to three loss, and unfortunately, it was... It was a choke. Let, let's call it what it was. It was a choke because K-State won the first two sets, 25 to 20 and then 26 to 24, and then rattled off three set losses, 25 to 21, 25 to 18, and then 15 to 13. Now, granted, Rice was an eight and one squad going into this game. 
or match. And I keep doing that. Going into this match, so Rice, they're not pushovers, but at the exact same time, this is really disappointing to lose, especially in the way we lost it, choking away three consecutive sets when all we needed was one to knock it away. Yeah, uh, that one really, really hurts. No reason to drop this game if you're K-State. There's no getting around that. Blowing uh, yet another match. Feels like K-State Volleyball this year, their kryptonite almost has been finishing. Uh, They have been really good, it seems like, in early sets, but I think maybe some of that is the lack of depth that they have. They're not a deep team, and it seems like it might be starting to catch up with them uh, to a certain degree. Um, that and unforced errors. Uh, they had 10 service errors to seven aces again. Uh, they had 27 attack errors to 59 kills. Um, they they did have a few people stand out. Sydney Bolding had a nice day. 17 attack attempts, 11 kills, just one error. Um, Elena Baca had 41 attack attempts, 14 kills, and then uh, six errors. Aliyah Carter only played uh two sets uh in this one actually she had seven attack attempts three kills three errors so not a lot of action for Leah carter in this one shaley myers played all five sets went 53 attack attempts 17 kills and five errors so pretty solid but she'd have three service errors as well um beyond that mckenzie morris had 23 digs um nobody else registering to a notable degree i'd say at least like a positive notable degree uh <laughs> attacking um not yeah not much else to write home about here um bryce did hit really really well uh 235 uh was their hitting percentage compared to 187 for the cats um just a another difficult result to stomach i feel like if you're k-state volleyball yeah and it the next game it wouldn't get too much better because it was up against Crichton, who I believe went into this matchup ranked. They entered this matchup eight and I mean seven and two. K State entered nine and three. Unfortunately, Crichton ended up walking away with the victory. This one didn't res- wasn't the results of a choke. It was just you know Crichton played better. It was a 25-16 in the first set, 25-22 in favor of Crichton in the second, 25-13 in favor of K-State, and then the final set to knock it out was 25-19 in favor of Crichton. And again, well, we'll we'll talk about the overall parameters after we go over the stats. Yeah, uh, Crichton, they uh, were ranked 17th coming into this match. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's all task for K-State, but they're just not really able to bring it home, unfortunately. Uh, only four service aces, nine service errors. Um, they hit 192 as a team. Um, not terrible, really, at all. Again, Aaliyah Carter, uh, didn't play a whole lot. Only played in one set, had two attack attempts, one kill, a service error, and that was it. Um, so might be battling an injury right now. Uh, that's entirely possible. Uh, Shaley Myers, uh, hit really well hitting, uh, 326 individually, 43 attack attempts, 16 kills, two errors. Uh, and Elena Baca had 49 attack attempts, 13 kills and six errors. Katie Fernholz had a nice day, 16 attack attempts, eight kills to one error. 
And then Sydney Bolding was really the only other person that did anything significant. Uh, 24 attack attempts, seven kills, three errors. Kenzie Morris had 22 digs. Elena Baca had 16 of her own. And then Molly Ramsey had 11. Uh, just, you know, they, they faced a really good squad. And there's not much else to say about it other than that. Uh, Creighton just uh, played a better match uh, than K-State did. Uh, Aaliyah Carter not playing a lot right now. Um, either injured or Susie Fritz is just trying to get her some rest uh before the season uh the conference slate really gets underway um i'm not entirely certain they've got ku coming up here on uh this saturday and that's it's it's a ku team that they just took uh texas to the wire in volleyball and texas is obviously just a a volleyball powerhouse ku's 10 and 3 right now just take a non-ref sport. Texas is a powerhouse in it because they have the money to just throw money at anything. Exactly right. Yeah. But uh, this one at KU actually really blew this match. Uh, they were up uh, two two to zero uh, in sets on Texas, and they uh, end up blowing it, uh, which is really telling uh, because Texas is really good. Texas hitting three thirty five on the day that's absolutely horrifying. Um, they say KU is a good team. Uh, So this is far from a gimme for K-State. If I'd say KU is probably the likely to win of the two, uh, just based on how K-State's been playing recently and just how good of a squad uh, KU has in volleyball this year. So, Yeah. Speaking of, the Sunflower Showdown is this Saturday at 4 in Bramlage. So if you're in town, please be sure to drop by. And if you're a student, if you're the one, I think it's first 300 students, you get a free glow stick. So interesting. That's an interesting giveaway glow stick. I think it's like a special kind of glow stick. I'd have to look at the email again, but that's fun. I'm going to go for the glow stick. I mean, that's as good a reason as any to go. I'd and also, say. you know, watch the Volley Cats because I haven't been, I haven't gotten a chance to go and watch them this year. We've been busy. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, you'll have to, you'll have to go and watch. Yeah. So the next little segment is just a collection of miscellaneous sports that I don't believe we've ever covered any of these before. And don't worry, we have it planned better than the one time we did track and then never again. <laughs> yeah. I still, I still feel so bad because you were just sitting there reading and you could hear me in the background just laughing. I was trying my best, man. And that it was such a disaster. Which, I, was, I wasn't even laughing at you. That's the worst part. It was, was just a, it was just a mess all in all, which which that's what we get for not really planning that very well. We did track dirty that day as well i don't think we covered them again until tj shankar won the national title yeah we didn't talk about anything else we didn't so because i remember we we would talk about it and both of us would talk about it for like two minutes and then we said no we're never doing that again no no we will never never ever do that again but yeah the miscellaneous sports let's start off with the golf teams the men's golf had the wildcat invitational and they ended up getting first out of 15 squads and then the women's golf team got 11th of 17 in the dick mcguire invitational i believe that's new mexico state 
So congratulations to both squads. And then the cross-country team had their own couple of sets. They ended up getting first in women's and second in men's at the Bob Timmons Classic on September 3rd. So, you know, maybe a bit late in covering that one. But the- <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's all right. <laughs> but the Bob Timmons Classic was in Lawrence. And then more recently, both sides ended up getting first at the Woody Greeno slash Jay Dirksen Classic on the 17th, which is University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Told you it'd be short, and that's why they're miscellaneous. But congratulations to all of those teams because they are K-State sports. So, yeah. you know, they're yeah, athletes. That, uh, basically, what I'm hearing here is that uh, a natty is in store for women's cross country this fall. Yeah, absolutely. That way we can put the, oh, K-State doesn't have any natties to rest. Just leave Virginia Tech out on an island like that. Our our poor brethren. That's really my fear bad. is that they're going to win one in baseball, and then uh, we'll be on the island. That is true. That that does that does make. Well, you know what? Tang is winning one this winter, anyways. So. True. How, we have no reason to worry. But yeah, nobody it has a shadow of a doubt. So yeah, I mean, if if he has half the coaching ability as he has charisma, we're winning a natty this year. It's simple. Obviously. Yeah. That reminds me, we need to do the basketball preview. Would you want to do that like mid-October? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I love discussing pod plans on, <laughs> on the pod. You heard it here first. The Aggieville Alley Cats will be previewing the basketball team in mid to late October. Probably late knowing us. But... Yeah, probably late because we'll forget about it. Yeah. Shout out to us doing the baseball preview like a week after the baseball team at first pitch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. That's a shame. Could happen, anybody. That's really funny. could have. But with that being said, that pretty much wraps up the recap. But now we get into everyone's favorite, which is the wacky segment of the week. On this week's wacky segment, the question is, if you could put one K-State player and one K-State coach into any television show, what show would you pick and what player and coach are you inserting? Would you like to go first? Um, I would like you to go first because I have my coach, but I'm still thinking of a player. Okay. My answer is quite simple, and it is going to be Jack Stanine and Pete Hughes, both joining breaking bad and i know it says ad but part of me really really wants it to be just one-to-one replacements of like walter white and jesse pinkman but reversed so like jackson is walter white and then pete hughes is jesse actually colin klein could be the uh the guy that shoots the kid <laughs> oh yeah it's the same i've i've uh, the actor's Jesse Plemons. I, I forget. Not to insinuate that Colin Klein would actually do that, but <laughs> but it, it's more of a, I just feel like the resemblance is there for yeah. uh, Colin Klein to uh, to play that character. He's Todd. Todd's his name. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But yeah. I I don't know. I feel like even if they weren't one to one replacements, I feel like just the the right amount of chaos. Like Jax is an enforcer or something. He just comes busting through a wall like the Kool-Aid man and just lays someone out like the West Virginia block. (laughs) (laughs) 
The main reason was there was Jax. I feel like Pete Hughes is just like another solid choice. Like, I don't know, maybe he's a he's another teacher. He's a maybe he just reprises his role and he's like the high school baseball coach or something. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> I, I I like that actually. And honestly, like I feel like you could cast a lot of K State coaches into into breaking bad, maybe. Like try to think about who would play uh Walter brother in law, like Hank. Oh, uh, who'd play Hank? Uh, Kleinerman. Uh, that's kind of who I was thinking. I was thinking either him or Riley uh, for Ooh. for Hank. Oh, that's another good pick. Ooh. I'd still go with Clandy. I feel like Tang would be good as Tuco. Because <laughs> apparently the actor who played Tuco was like stupidly nice, like in real life. Which is so funny. Because. <laughs> He, People who not this... watch Breaking Bad have no idea what we're talking no, about. No, and I'm really sorry that we've taken it off the rails here, but also you, this is the wacky segment, so you're just going to have to get over it. Yeah. But, I mean, no rules. yeah. That Tang as Tuco would be great. And if Frank Martin is still the coach, he'd be a perfect match, like one-to-one for Tuco. Like, there would be no, like, change in intensity whatsoever. <laughs> but I'm not trying to think about who else. Like, uh, what would Jeff Mitty be? Like, like who's Jeff Mitty on Breaking Bad? Well, Gene uh, would be Gus. <laughs> uh, that'd be fine. Who would he be? Gene's calculating enough to be to be Gus, I think. Yeah, he, uh, he'd have to work on the diabolical nature. Oh, um, if he continues to allow re-entry, then like he's actually got the diabolical <laughs> nature down, but. I'm, I'm like, who would Jeff Mitty be? Okay, so who like? Hmm. Anyway, I don't, I don't know. We're we'll, we'll get we'll talking about this after the show. Yeah. What, what do you? <laughs> we're gonna call this episode "Breaking Cats." <laughs> Breaking Cats. <laughs> I love that. That's our best title in a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I. I was the first coach I thought of for this was Dream Dowling. Like, not even like a second hesitation in my mind. And the the harder part was thinking of a player. So I decided to come up with a foil, uh, like 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 someone who's like an opposite. I think, and I went with Ayoko Lee because uh, it seems like they have very opposing personalities. And I'm putting them on Survivor. Oh my god. <laughs> I, for some reason, I thought you were going to go with like a buddy cop movie, and I'm like, no, they're they're like going on Survivor. <laughs> I I want them on Survivor, and I think Jareem could win. I truly think Jareem Dowling could win Survivor. I have no basis for that assertion, but I'm just going to come out and say it. I think Jareem Dowling could win Survivor. You know that actually gives that gives me an idea for another wacky segment of the week in the future. But uh, these ideas are, what is. are genuinely spoil. hard to come by, so I'm not going to spoil them <laughs> this week. But yeah, <laughs> I can't get over. That's such a pairing. That's such a pairing. Jareem Dowling and Aoki Lee. That's so yeah. like <laughs> it is. I wanted to pick two people who were were like kind of different. I feel like. Because Dream Dowling seems like a very outgoing individual, and Aoka Lee seems like a very not outgoing individual. Yeah. So 
Uh, like anytime she ever like has spoken to media, she seems like she'd really rather not be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and Jareem's like the opposite. He's like constantly posting on social media. I'm like, this is like this would be like a, a interesting like team up for uh, uh for Survivor. I feel like. Oh, what's the um? No, that's that's a stupid idea. But <laughs> that <laughs> you have anything else to add? Um, unfortunately, no, I don't. Okay. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to contact the show, you can follow us on Twitter at Aggieville A Cats. That's capital A, capital A, and capital C in cats. If you want to email us, we're Aggieville Alley Cats at gmail.com. If you want, to, if you want to follow us on a more personal note, I am at AC Edward zero zero. I am at Connor Bouncer, capital C, capital B. And if you want to support the show financially, please be sure to check out the official Aggieville Alley Cats merch store where you can find such designs as the staff-approved Doomtang Clan, Play Sandstorm Cowards, and Neon Alley Cats. But most importantly, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. We're come rain, shine, or anything in between. We're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats.